When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for your intentional, conscious thinking about this and keep up the good work. Sincerely. um, With warm regards. With warm regards. (laughs) Dan and Lizzie. Lizzie and Dan. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I thought. (laughs) Maybe it's just that you don't know how to use social courtesy. Oh, that's old fashioned. Watch how Lizzie Post and Dan Post act as host and hostess. They know that courtesy means showing respect, thinking of the other person, real friendliness. On this episode of Awesome Etiquette, we take your questions on crowdfunding thank you notes, addressing a group, the line between sympathy and self-protection, is calling someone now rude, and closing courtesies. All that, plus a postscript segment on mix, coming up. Awesome Etiquette comes to you from the studios of Vermont Public Radio and is proud to be part of the Infinite Guest Network from American Public Media. I'm Lizzie Post. And I'm Dan Post-Senning from the Emily Post Institute. I had a moment this weekend. I'm really excited that you want to share this with everybody. As much as I joke about giving myself praise and anyone who's played golf with me knows that when I hit a good (laughs) shot, I literally say... Great shot! Like I really encourage Who's myself. The woman? Like yeah, <laughs> I don't go that far, but it is pretty much that. Like I'm, I'm proud when I'm proud. And but you know, aside from sports, it's not something I always say about my social life or my personal life. And I was really, really proud of myself this weekend. Nice. <laughs> I can't even say it seriously, but like I was, Ooh. I had the opportunity to be in one of those moments where. You really step up and you actually take your advice and you use it and you made life different for someone else. And that like the thing I had to do to do it is what sometimes is considered rude. And yet what just the other day in the communication section of the 18th edition, I read that, you know, sometimes you just have to walk away. And I walked away this weekend, and I'm darn proud of it. So I want to tell you about what happened. Um, And to keep things anonymous, I'm actually not going to tell you all the details, but I'll give you as much as I can. I went to an event this weekend with a friend of mine, and she's a new friend. She's someone I don't spend a whole lot of time with. So going and actually, like, driving somewhere with her, staying somewhere with her, like, we were going to spend a whole lot of time together, and it was awesome. We totally had a blast bonding on on the car ride down, and... We got to the event and and we're at the event and having a great time. And as the night goes on, I've kind of noticed some moments where my friend has been put in a difficult situation. And you can just see she looks uncomfortable um, when uh, people are talking to her and um, trying to kind of figure her out. And, like, I could tell it was bothering her, but I also felt like, you know, this is one of the toughest chicks I know 
she's got to be in a good place. And so I didn't worry too much about it. And she definitely made some comments after some interactions where she was like, man, that was really weird or that was really uncomfortable. And I just didn't worry about it that much until I saw it like right in my face. We were having a conversation and a person walked up to her and started really getting confrontational, asking her super personal questions about herself that just based on her looks was not appropriate to be asking. Mm -hmm. Um, We even tried to say, well, you know, the difference is you could have asked this question this way and it would have made a big difference. Like, you know, when you when you take it out of the personal and make it more generic, it gives us something to respond with. So you tried first-level yeah. etiquette advice, redirect first, the conversation. First-level uh, etiquette, redirect. To try to give someone some cues and this isn't being received even well. Just, even just gently saying something like, you could have asked it like this, and it would have not placed such an emphasis on how this person chooses to live their life. Mm-hmm. And it really... Um, it, it really was starting to be so apparent how uncomfortable this was. And my friend even said, you know, I understand that you're curious, but your curiosity is making me uncomfortable right now. Mm-hmm. And I really thought, wow, great line. And he still came after her, Ugh. still kept coming after her. So eventually we diffuse the situation and this person goes away. My friend, you know, and I go back to our room and we talk and, and I comfort her and we talk. She's like, what do you do? And I'm like sitting here going, I don't know what you do. And then I'm like, wait, it is my job to know <laughs> what you do. Like I have to give my friend some advice. And so I said, you know what? I thought you did a really good job. You tried to entertain the curiosity. You tried to re-educate. Those things weren't working and you were still getting really inappropriate comments coming at you. That's when you walk away and you just say, you know, I'm going to excuse myself and don't say anything else. You don't have to say, I'm going to go talk to that person. I'm going to go to the restroom. I'm going to go to the bar. Don't give them a chance to follow you. I'm going to excuse myself and just leave. So we're back outside. We've rejoined the party. And gosh darn it, the first (laughs) thing that happens is the next person that talks to my friend. It's not funny, but it's ironic. The next person that talks to my friend like thinks that they're giving her a positive compliment and really you just you wouldn't say it to anyone else so why are you saying it to her and so it just it really upset me and I just I stood right in between the two of them and I looked him in the face and I said I'm sorry but my friend has had enough of this tonight if you want to talk to us about something else that would be great and he starts saying no no, you don't even know what I was going to say next what I'm going to say it's a positive thing it's a positive thing and I said you know what we've had a lot of people thinking that what they were saying was positive compliments and they weren't so I'm going to tell you you can say what you want but I'm leaving the conversation and I walked away and I, I couldn't bring myself to turn around to look at my friend because I was so determined to walk away. And the best part was she followed me. Mm-hmm. And she when we got back up to our room, she said, I've never had anybody do that for me before. You stood in between us to handle it for me, which thank you, because after tonight, I just couldn't handle it anymore. And she goes... And then you walked away. And as you were walking, at first I was like, wait, don't leave me. And then I was like, wait, she's walking away. That's what walking away looks like. I can walk away too. And it was this amazing moment of like, yeah, sometimes you just don't have to take crud from other people. You just don't. Even if he was going to say something positive at that point, we were done. And I was so proud. I got to say, like, this was a big moment for me to live that walk through it and do it in a way that – 
impacted my friend in such a positive way. I mean, talk about a bonding experience for the first time we hung out. Like, yeah. In some ways, those, those difficult moments really test us yeah. and provide the opportunity to get essential with what's important and follow our own advice a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> well, I was proud to follow it this weekend. I hope that, that any of you out there who find yourself in a super uncomfortable position, I think you can find the way to walk away and walk away respectfully. Be comfortable with that. Yeah. Yeah. Should we get to some questions? Let's get to some questions. All right. Sure, you're right. But there's so much to learn how to do. Sure, there's a lot to learn, but it's worth it. And learning is easy. One way is by watching others. On every episode of Awesome Etiquette, we take your questions on how to behave. And our our first question is actually about crowd thanking for crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. Funds were raised by United Way and GoFundMe after a tragic accident in our family. Over 1,000 donations were received. A thank you was put in the newspaper, but we would like to know if personalized thank you notes and letters should be sent. Anonymous. Well, anonymous. I'm I'm sorry to hear about a, a difficult or a, tra- yeah. a difficult event, a tragedy in your family. But I'm also glad to hear that. That the world stepped up. <laughs> that, right? Amazing. That, um, both some large organizations and a lot of individuals got involved and did their best to do what they could. And your instinct to be really careful and conscious about how you acknowledge that and how you respond to that I think is um, really admirable and Lizzie and I applaud it. So the Emily Post book answer <laughs> about how you do this is you look at the medium that something happened in a little bit to decide what kind of reply. So um, we oftentimes say that for the the happy birthday wishes that come on your Facebook page where you might have hundreds of happy birthday messages, you don't reply to each individual one if you don't want to, that it's entirely appropriate to offer a general thanks to everybody who participated in that. That's a little a little micro version of the kind of thinking that I would apply here. And a general thank you, a generic thank you to everyone who was involved I think is a good first step, is a good appropriate place to begin. And that could look like an article in the newspaper or – um, something that you get into some sort of publication. Um, maybe it's for the United Way. Maybe it's you could talk to somebody at GoFundMe about a way that you could do a general announcement. But then Even also, like, can't you put those up on the place where the funding had happened, like on the donation site itself? Yes, yeah. and yeah. oftentimes there's, there's a, a, a way right that. on that donations page. And yeah. if if for whatever reason you don't have access to that particular page, talk or the when they close yeah. down the campaign, it's nice to leave a a, a very good and and genuine and generous thank you on that page and acknowledge all of those donations and all that support. If you've received personal notes or letters, either of condolence or of people expressing sympathy and support, um, it's a really good idea to respond to those individually. If someone's taken the time to handwrite you a note, doing uh, a personalized reply is definitely also advisable. And that's one where you're, again, you're looking at the medium. You're, You're saying, did this person spend the time to put a physical thing in the mail that reached me and, and delivered a very personal message of support mm-hmm. or condolence. And the the traditional etiquette there is that you respond to each of those individually. And that can seem onerous. There can oftentimes be many, many of those. And if that's the case, it's okay to enlist the help of very close family and friends, mm-hmm. um, people who are appropriate to offer their personal um, acknowledgments of mm-hmm. that support as well. 
the heart of that advice is that it's both really good to acknowledge that, um, but that it's also oftentimes a, a step in the healing process, that it can be really remarkable to spend that time individually recognizing all of the people who have put you in their thoughts and, yeah. to, and to spend a little time really um, sitting with that because it is an amazing thing and yeah. a remarkable thing. Um, I would just add that any donations that someone did give to you personally, maybe someone dropped a check off or something like that, or if it wasn't done through the site, I think um, Dan's got all the right advice here that you want to thank that person on that personal level. So I would I would make sure that if it wasn't just a card, but it was a donation that had come in, that a handwritten thank you goes back mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. And those are all minimums. If you want to go further, if you're yeah. looking at that GoFundMe page or the United Way page and you recognize names of people that are close family friends or people who you know in other ways or capacities, yeah. it's entirely appropriate to reach out to those people individually, either yes. through those accounts or in the ways that you would normally reach, reach out, out to, them. to them. Right. And you're not going to be able to do anything about the anonymous donations. So don't worry about them. That's why the thank you on the page or the thank you in the paper is such a wonderful step that you've taken. Mm-hmm. Um, truthfully, we hope your family uh, recovers well through this time. And uh, we hope that, as Dan said, that maybe writing some of these thank yous can help aid in that. And mostly, we're just so happy that that you were able to receive such kindness and help from so many people. And we hope that that, that carries you through going forward. Awesome etiquette gets support from StoryWorth. There are some stories about your mom's life that you truly never get tired of hearing. From hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting, Mom's retelling of the events always brings a bit of joy. Just in time for Mother's Day, we here at Awesome Etiquette found the perfect gift that can capture all of your mom's stories for your family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your mom or a mother figure in your life for years to come. Here's how it works. Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. What was your first job? Who was your first crush? (laughs) StoryWorth makes the writing process a breeze. All your loved one needs to do is to respond to the email prompt with a story. Long or short, it doesn't matter. I did this with my mom and it was really, really rewarding. You'll be emailed a copy of your loved one's responses as they're submitted over the course of the year. You'll get to enjoy their retelling of the stories, some you probably already know, or maybe the ones that you're surprised by you haven't heard before. (laughs) After that year of fun discovery and reminiscing, StoryWorth compiles your loved one's stories and photos into a beautiful keepsake hardcover book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. You can even keep a copy of the book for yourself. Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift that you all will cherish for years. Story Worth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com manners. That's storyworth, S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash manners. It's manners with an S to save $10 on your first purchase. And now back to our show. Hey, group of people. That was intentionally awkward. Our our next question begins. Hi, Lizzie and Dan. I was introduced to your podcast a few months ago and have been hooked ever since. I've been constantly surprised how often etiquette comes into play for a new theater school graduate. Congratulations on your recent graduation. My question is about how to refer to a group of people of more than one gender. 
I live in the South where y'all and you guys are generally acceptable ways to refer to a group of people. However, I don't like either term and hate that you guys has entered my vocabulary. I was just hired by a casual restaurant and I'm looking for a better way to refer to the people at my table than you guys. Ladies and gentlemen seems too formal for a pub atmosphere. Do you have any suggestions for sample language to use in this situation? Thanks for an awesome podcast, Madeline. Hi, Madeline. You're not alone. A lot of people actually don't like using y'all or you guys or anything like that. So I think this is not actually uncommon at all. I think that um, in the situation that you're talking about, I think that it's very easy to say, you know, good evening, everyone. Thank you for coming in. Or, you know, um, hello, good evening. My name is Madeline. I'll be your server tonight. Um, you actually don't have to to address them with a you all or you guys, you can kind of leave it out. And it's extended because you're standing right over that table of five people and you're right there. So they know who they are. I'd love to tell everyone the the specials tonight, if you don't mind, that might be a way to do it. I just think that leaving it out is probably easier altogether rather than having it enter your vocabulary and you don't enjoy saying it. Uh, Yeah. Welcome. (laughs) Right. How are you folks this evening? That's one I used to do a lot when I was a server. So when this happens and you're more addressing a really large group where you're not addressing like a small table or Mm -hmm. something, I think, hi, everyone. Thanks so much for coming today. Um, And then do that thing where you actually use you as the plural. You need to get excited about next week's launch. You are that. And that's a great tactic for actually Mm -hmm. making people feel like you're talking directly to them. But really, you're referring to the whole group. The other thing is, you know, y'all is a contraction and you can separate it out. How are you all doing this evening? How are you all doing this evening? It Look doesn't have to be surprise delight y- on Dan's face. You know, it's like it doesn't have to be how y'all doing this evening. It can be how are you all doing? Another thought. And I like you. I'm sometimes uncomfortable with you guys just because it's traditionally male. Although guys is now, I believe, Oxford English gender neutral. I believe so, yes. So it's it's an acceptable gender-neutral way to uh, approach a group or address a group. Yes. And at the same time, like you, I find that it still sounds gendered. Yes. <laughs> and um, I appreciate your effort to look for language that, that you're more comfortable with. So, Madeline, we hope that gives you some options and that we hope that um, you have a great time working at the pub. So before we start our next question, I have to tell you that Lizzie Post titles our questions when we get our script. And this question is titled Lonely Hearts, No Club. And it made me laugh. Well, it it works on two levels. Number one, the whole Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band. And the other one, of course, is that Emily Post, the one thing she always said she wouldn't do is answer Lonely Hearts questions. So. Although, having set that as a rule, because she didn't think of herself as a Dear Abby, so much of her advice was good social (laughs) advice. And I can't tell you how many dating questions in the small sample that we have of of her radio shows. It's true. It's true. But this one is is truthfully about someone who – there's a couple Lonely Hearts people, but they don't really want to be a part of a club. (laughs) So we'll let all of you in on the discussion. This question begins, Dear Lizzie and Dan. I discovered Awesome Etiquette around Episode 7 and have been hooked ever since. Thank you for your weekly dose of warm-hearted civility. For the last several months, I've been on job training with a small group of coworkers that required moving to another state for the training. Of course, this travel took some people away from their families. One colleague is quite vocal about missing his new wife and constantly expresses how much worse life is because he can't see her. I completely sympathize. 
but these laments can be difficult for me to hear. I'm fairly newly married as well, but while my co-worker will move into his newly purchased home with his wife once we get back to work, my husband and I will continue to be long distance for the next three to five years, depending on military commitments. I try to approach each day with positivity and to feel lucky for the times I do see my husband. But in hearing this colleague complain, it's hard not to be reminded of my situation and to feel ill will towards him. By the by, he definitely knows about my circumstances. I hate feeling resentful, since I do like and respect this person. However, I'm afraid of saying anything in case it comes out as jealousy or one-upsmanship, and I don't want to complain about any aspect of my marriage. I've done my best to hold my tongue and just empathize. But this person has an unfortunate habit of complaining while also regaling us with stories of home decoration and being sanctimonious about stoicism, and I'm afraid I'm going to get frustrated and snap at him. Is there anything I can say that is caring but honest? I don't want to hurt his feelings by diminishing his experience or create a rift in the friendship, but his constant comments do make me feel sad, lonely, and resentful. Thank you both for your help. Anonymous, Washington, D.C. I'm so sorry that you're going through this. This is not fun um, at all. And I completely sympathize. I think when you're already dealing with missing someone and you know that you're going to be missing them a lot longer than the people around you that are complaining about missing their spouses are, um, I think it is really hard. And I don't think your coworker is being very sensitive to your situation. And that's when I think it's okay to let him know. And if I were you, I would take this coworker aside and just say, hey, Jim, I sympathize so much with the fact that you're, you know, away from Jane and that you guys are newly married. And I think it's going to be so great when you get back together in September. And it's just going to be so exciting for you. And I know it's going to make life so much better. But I'm having a hard time with the amount that that everyone in the office seems to bring up, you know, missing their spouse or something, because it's going to be a long time before I see my spouse. And I work every day to not be sad about that. Mm -hmm. So I would just love it if we could focus on the positive when we're here. I I love that. (laughs) I want to have difficult conversations with you because you're good at them. (laughs) I don't think so. I think I'm good at them when I'm not actually in them. Um, You know, you took a slightly different tack with this question than I did, and and which I really like, because you went right to the specifics. Let's just deal with stuff. (laughs) Uh, No, absolutely. And in some ways, I think that's that's a way to actually deal with this situation as a problem. And Mm -hmm. I, I start reading this, and I just start wanting to give the much broader advice of... Go for it. Be careful. Stay positive. Keep the dosage of your negativity in your that. life. And, and I'm thinking about this as advice for the other person. Oh, okay. Sorry, <laughs> no, no, she's absolutely doing it, working really hard, totally. and, and it looks like doing a good job at it. And it's the coworker who is comfortable sharing their dissatisfaction, their complaints. And it's important to be able to share those sides of ourselves. At the same time, it's important to to be aware of how you're perceived by others, the impact and effect you're having on others, and to have an awareness of the dosage, how much of that negativity, how much of your difficulty to to share with your coworkers Mm -hmm. who don't necessarily have a choice about that relationship. They're not choosing to participate or not. Captive audience. Captive. Exactly. (laughs) Not enthralled captive. No. (laughs) And and in some ways it's uh, selfish. It's very selfish. To just indulge in negativity and uh, around people that that don't have a choice and don't have an option. I I was thinking to myself regardless of the specifics of this situation, if someone's just being negative at work all the time, it impacts the way people perceive them, how much time people want 
want to spend around. You just don't know what triggers you're going to be tripping on someone. So I I think there's also a real broad reminder here how important that positive focus is. And I like your approach of sharing a little bit of your experience, essentially a when you I feel conversation. That's exactly what it is. It's a when you I feel. So if it's possible, let's not go there. We hope anonymous in Washington, D.C. eventually that hopefully this makes it a little bit easier over the coming months until you're able to get either a little space from this coworker or until his situation has changed and he's back together with his wife. And we both wish you the best being a support to your spouse. And While he's away. Look, look forward to your happy uh, reunions along the way and ultimate yeah. reunion someday. Yes. Our next question is titled, Is Calling Now Rude? Dear Lizzie and Daniel, hello and thank you for your post. I just discovered your post and it's likely you have already addressed this. I still feel that important news or a friendly, perhaps overdue hello is best done on the phone. On a phone call, that is. I have heard that it is actually rude to call people these days. Do I need to get with the times or are phone calls still okay as long as they are not too early or too late in the day? I see people texting constantly in the store checkout at the bathroom, while walking dogs and babies in strollers, of course while driving, while sitting across from someone at a dinner table in a restaurant, in elevators, in my way, in an aisle, (laughs) or in the running path. Don't get me wrong. I like texting, too. But how is it texting is more acceptable than a phone call? Thanks, Courtney in Minneapolis. Ah, Courtney, (laughs) a new communication question. I love it. Um, You're definitely picking up on some changing trends, but the the big picture is no, it is not rude to call somebody. (laughs) I'm going to like – I want to like start – a movement, the pick up the phone and call movement. In, in fact, we often say in our business advice that when communication gets emotional, <laughs> that it's often best to pick up the phone. I even just pick up the phone. When my roommate and I start sending long text messages, I just pick up the phone. Hey, thought it would be easier to just call and have this conversation. Yes. <laughs> um, ah. Texting is amazing. It's wonderful. Love this idea it. that it's practically telepathy. You have a little thought. You just type it in and it appears in someone else's hand pocket on their wrist. And it's practically <laughs> it is practically telepathy. I can have a thought and I can share it with someone half the world away instantaneously. It's, you can do that over the phone, too. I know. <laughs> um, okay, anyway, continue. We are enamored of texting. There is no question of it. And it's become ubiquitous. It used to be, oh, texting was for teens. And now, boy, everybody is doing it. Let me and tell you, my mom knows how to use her emoticons. <laughs> For better or worse. <laughs> um, but no, the phone call is not outdated. It's not inappropriate. And because people are carrying devices with them ever, in fact, Pew Research just released a study, absolutely remarkable, um, a lot of hard data about cell phone usage right now, smartphone usage. Over 90% of people carry these devices now in the United States. And the vast majority of those people carry them with them all the time. So if someone's going to get... Um, upset at you for calling them, that's really their responsibility to manage their alerts and signals on their phone. You don't want to overwhelm somebody. You don't want to call repeatedly as long as you're not calling two, three, four times in a row. The old, oh, maybe they're not hearing me. Maybe they're ignoring me. I'm just going to keep being insistent with the way that I that I right. try to reach this person. But I'd say the same thing about texting or emailing that you don't Um, overwhelm somebody without getting a reply from them. The same with phone calling. It doesn't speak to the medium itself being acceptable or not. So as long as you're not calling really late at night after 9 o'clock or really early in the morning, much before 9 o'clock, 
you're okay to give somebody a call. Um, they might be more likely to get back to you quickly if you send a text message rather than leave a voicemail. We're hearing from more and more people that they're less likely to listen to their voicemails when they check messages. Yeah, they just either see the missed call and return the call or they, yeah. yeah t- to the point where we don't even tell people it's necessarily rude to have not listened to a voice message right. before you call someone back. It's just yeah. so commonly done today. Um, so definitely if you're thinking about efficacy of communication, that text message for leaving a message might be a better option. But never feel bad about picking up the phone and calling someone to establish that connection exactly. in some way. We hope this helps. Pick <laughs> up that phone and call your friend. Our next question has to do with closing courtesies. It begins, Dear Lizzie and Daniel, First, I want to tell you that I so enjoy your podcast. I work for a defense contractor in software engineering, and your podcast fills my earbuds while I work away at my computer. By the way, I listen to podcasts while I'm knocking away on my computer doing web maintenance tasks as well. (laughs) So I, I definitely appreciate that approach. Back to the question. I've been marathoning through your past podcast, listening to several a day. You have TBTL to thank for gaining me as a listener. That would be too beautiful to live. Another infinite thank you, TBTL. guest podcast network show. Thank you. My question is regarding how to compose email correspondence in a business environment, particularly the etiquette behind salutation and the closing. The salutation dear seems too familiar. Lizzie seems a bit abrupt. How do I close it if I don't know them well? I resort to thank you often. Sometimes I use regards, but that seems a bit too formal. What are your thoughts? Thanks for considering my question. Now that came much easier. Karen Knox. Karen, I feel you. This is one people get all the time. So we always say that it's best to start with the salutation in a very first interaction with someone as formal. So as you're reaching out, you might say, dear Mr. Senning. And then when you receive an email back from Mr. Senning and it's signed Dan, you can have your next interaction say, Dan, you know, got your follow up. Here's the answer to the question you had. Or I will most certainly include that with the file that I send you, whatever it is. So you can always we always say start with the formal and then bring it down to the informal. Much easier to dial it back than notch it up later on. Exactly. And then I I agree with you. I often think Lizzie, you know, like Karen wrote Lizzie dash as the beginning. And I think that can seem very abrupt. But once you've had some correspondence with someone or this more casual email, often, hi, Lizzie, or even just, hey, how's it going? Like sometimes, sometimes in very casual email exchanges, you start eliminating the name altogether. And certainly once you've had a back and forth, like you write to me, I write back to you. Both of those have salutations in them. They both have, you know, dear, hi, whatever it is. And then after that, we are in fair territory to just simply write what we're writing and not have everything have a signature, not have everything have an intro to it. Mm -hmm. But when you talk about before we get to that part, there are the closings that you asked about. And I think personally, I try to only use thank you as a close when I've asked someone to actually do something or when I'm grateful for the information that they have provided me, because that way it makes sense. I am actually thanking them for something. I think when you have thank you as your automatic, it can become disingenuous. And I think that's a little, you have to be careful that. Personally, I find myself using best all the time that I think in the world of business best seems to be a extremely common well-received you know my best to you best um, I often if I'm scheduling a meeting or something looking forward to it looking forward to talking to you looking forward to hearing from you and then my name 
bravo applause using salutations and closings. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and and just like Lizzie said, I think that's so advisable. And as chains develop and you bounce back and forth, they can fall away. Clearly the one you gave dear is most formal. Absolutely. I think Lizzie mentioned the least formal, very casual hey. <laughs> um, for business, no name whatsoever. I tell yeah. people avoid hey completely. Yeah. But as you scale down through your formality, I think you can start with a dear uh, greetings or and then followed by hello followed by someone's name, more informally high. Right. So sort of high would be my least formal business opening. <laughs> but always the greeting, someone's name, yeah. comma, begin the message later on. Mm-hmm. For closing, sincerely is your most formal. We'll just start with your, your baseline most formal. And Absolutely. then I love Lizzie's scale down from there. All the best, best, as you mentioned, regards. Um, much more informally a warm regards. Yep. Um, Thank you when necessary. Because you want to give that thanks the weight. You want it to be part of the message. And so you don't want the thank you to become the closing, this rote closing, or even separated from the content of what you're saying. That thank you is the purpose of the message, so include it in the the message. And as long as it's been included in the message, writing it again at the – you know, like just the same way when I write a thank you note, I've thanked them. But often the end of the thank you note is many thanks, Lizzie, you know. Thank you again so much. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Something along those lines. So as long as the thank you isn't preemptive also, that you're asking someone to do something. Daniel Post sending thank you so much for saying this because I really don't like the the preemptive thank you. You're not saying thank you as in I know you're going to do this for me and I'm thanking you in advance because um, people sometimes perceive that as snippy. <laughs> um, My often response is, oh, I'm going to be out of the office that day. Maybe you should have someone else do it. <laughs> no, I don't do that. But it's my internal response. Exactly. In case you want to get someone's hair up. In case you want to know what the inside of my head sounds like. Very yeah. different. <laughs> So, again, the big picture is having that range of formality that's an option and recognizing that you absolutely want to do something. And that's whether it's business or social correspondence. You really open up that way. It, it um, acknowledges someone else's humanity and takes responsibility for what you're saying when you start with a greeting and when you finish with a closing. Absolutely. So thank you for your intentional, conscious thinking about this and Best, keep up the good work. Sincerely. Um, with warm regards. With warm regards. <laughs> Dan and Lizzie. <laughs> You hear that? She says you're not as rude as you used to be. What do you know? Thanks to everyone for sending in your questions. And remember, we love updates. If we answered your question on the show or if you have a comment about one of our questions, feel free to send it in. You can also submit your question to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com. Leave a message for us on our answering machine at 802-866-0860 or send it in via Facebook or Twitter. Just use the hashtag awesomeetiquette so we know you want it on the show. Like our postscript segment today, our postscript actually um, has to do with new etiquette, new things coming into our world. And our world is a changing place and it's exciting to be a part of it and to talk about it and to hear how people experience these new things when they come up. And just in our 18th edition last week, we were on the section of titles and we were talking about how MX period is actually mix is actually a title in some places it's a new honorific in some places and sure enough here goes the great 
Oxford English Dictionary adding it to the list of accepted words, norms. Yeah, the record of note the for rec- the English language. Exactly. <laughs> and um, it's a new honorific. And the reason it's come about is because we were in need of a gender neutral honorific. This does not exactly mean transgender. It doesn't mean uh, multiple gender. It means gender neutral. It is a way to use an honorific and not force someone to have to identify a gender based on an honorific. In the same way Mr. and Mrs. used to really be dependent or or Mrs. and Miss used to be dependent on marriage and marital status. This is a, a gender-neutral title. Yes, exactly. It's just there as the respect of an honorific, and I love that. Um, we have seen articles from Stephen Petro, one of our, our guests on the show, who is a, a civility expert. And we have seen uh, – where were some of the other articles that we looked well, at? The Guardian. In, the Guardian. This title was adopted, I think – first. It's, it's been around England. for quite a long time, believe yep. it or not. It's actually been around – I want to say one of the articles was saying the 70s or something like that, that it's actually been around for an extremely long time, but it hasn't been accepted or used widely. Which is curious to me because that was also when we got the Miz. Miz, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, what I've been finding fascinating about this topic is that when you read the comments, and I generally stay off comment boards because I get very upset by them, and it was fascinating. I do. Dan just pretty much (laughs) choked on his coffee. But the truth is that, like, I can't do anything about these people that I disagree with. So I try to stay off them because I'm that person going, I've written you a five page thing, but I'm not going to hit send. Like, you know, and I just just leave it off. And they also want my email address. So I don't sign into them to put comments. Up. But anyway, reading the comments, I'm amazed at the both level of awareness that's out there and the lack of awareness that's out there. I think a lot of people are actually very unaware of how there is a whole population of people in our world who don't identify with a gender, that it's not male or female for them or even male transitioning to female or female transitioning to male, that it's I just kind of don't fit these categories. And I'm constantly on a probably daily basis being asked to check a gender box. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really wonderful to have an option that would include this population. Mm. And a lot of people in the comments kept saying, and even my dear friend, Mr. Petro was (laughs) saying, why, Why do we still have honorifics? <laughs> Why are they even necessary? And maybe even your cousin said, you know, are these getting obsolete? My and I said thought it. your answer on the importance of honorifics and titles was so spot on. I went home and shared it with Pooja last Thank night, you. just so you know. Well, and it's true. It's really funny because there are a few few times where Dan and I really differ on something. And I love the fact that I had a moment where I got to say, but what about this? And you went, oh, yeah. So the what about this is that um, it's true. You don't always need honorifics anymore. Um, a lot of people prefer to be called by their first name on a regular basis. You know, you can send an envelope, to a card to someone that says Dan Post Sending as opposed to Mr. Post Sending. But one of the places where it still holds true is often um, any time that we want to show respect to someone, we use their formal name. And their formal name is their honorific and their last name, yeah. Mr. Senning, Miss Post. And we talk all the time in our business etiquette seminars that you always defer to the formal and then bring things back to the informal once you've been invited to. I distinctly remember our dear family friends, my mother's dear friend Kate, who was not invited to call my grandmother 
Patsy until she was in her 40s when my grandmother finally said, Kate, I think it's time you start calling me Patsy. And it was, but until then, it was Mrs. Coward. Yep. You know, that was my grandmother's name and that was the level How of respect. And respect. until you are invited to call somebody that. I made the mistake of calling a family friend Lee for years, but her real name is Mrs. Her Last Name. And it, she told my mother at one point, it's just jarring. It catches me off guard when Lizzie does that because... I haven't invited her to. Mm -hmm. And man, it really stuck with me that I had made that faux pas. And it just it's in our language. It's how we show respect to each other. And I think it's important that we have something (laughs) that represents our population that doesn't want to have a gender. Peter Post then came in and talked about, well, what about when you aren't sure? I think he he was like, I can see a world where in the future, you know, in the very near future, all these people who have names where it's gender neutral names. So, you know, uh, Sam, Ryan, Dana, like these names that are now very common in both genders, um, that it would be you maybe it it will be just the formal expectation is to write MX until you know which gender they are if they identify with one. Mm -hmm. They might stay in MX because that's what they prefer to be. Um, I just thought it was actually really brilliant. And Mm -hmm. it's it is something that's still out there today that we use. And I think it's wonderful that we have something that's so inclusive now. And it's an option. It's an option. It's a go to. And and this is an area of etiquette that traditionally has changed slowly, but changes do happen here. And um, this is, I don't want to call it a big change, but it's something new in an area that that changes relatively little over time. And um, we're definitely excited as we think about this topic uh, and the coming 19th edition of Etiquette. And we wanted to share some of those thoughts with you. Well, now, wasn't that better? Look at the effect of a little politeness. Today's etiquette salute is short and sweet. Dear Lizzie and Dan, I've been holding this one for a while, but I'd like to acknowledge my friend Emily. Great name. She writes the best thank you cards. Recently, she sent us one for her one-year-old, which provided a little story as to how her daughter enjoys the presents we gave her. Specifically, that she likes to read and lift the flaps before bedtime. It made me feel so good to think that we've contributed something sweet to their intimate bedtime routine. Emily sets a high standard and reminds me about what I should strive to do in my thank you notes. Thanks again. In friendship, Nicole. (laughs) I love it. That's so sweet. You're always on my mind, instilled in my heart. You're always on my mind. Although we are apart, you're always, you're always, always on my mind. And baby, the reason why I know I can't forget your face, cause everywhere I go, I see you every place. You're always, you're always, always on my mind. 
That's our show for today. As always, thank you for listening and spending some of your day with us. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. And don't forget, there's no show without you. So send us your questions, your etiquette salutes, and your suggestions to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com. If you like what you hear, don't be shy. Tweet it, Facebook, post it. And of course, you can subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. On Facebook, we're the Emily Post Institute. On Twitter, I'm at Daniel underscore Post. And I'm at Lizzie A. Post. Or you can visit our website, emilypost.com. Our theme music was composed and performed by Bob Wagner. Our show is produced by the amazing Hans Buta. I pray to stars above, oh, that you hurry back to me. You're always, you're always, you're always, oh, oh.